HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Copper and Kings, pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. For more information, visit copperandkings.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli, and it is an absolutely beautiful day here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We're coming to you from Roberta's Restaurant, as usual. We are coming to you live from the shipping containers in the back. Um, quite a far cry from where our uh, our guest today hails from. He comes from a beautiful Italian Riviera of Liguria. Um, before we get going with uh, with him, I just want to let you know, if you like In the Drink, you are always uh, able to listen to it live 10 a.m. every morning, every Wednesday morning on heritageradionetwork.org, or you can subscribe in iTunes and uh, or on the, uh, the podcast app, where you'll get it automatically uh, uploaded uh, to, your, to your device every single week. Um, also, when I'm not hosting In the Drink, please... Uh, uh, come say hello to me at one of our restaurants, Delanima, Lartuzzi, Lepicho, or our wine bar Anfora, where I serve as beverage director. All right. Uh, our guest today, as I said, comes from Liguria, which means that he is uh, in between the Italian coast, the French Riviera. He can drive to go skiing. He can go into Piedmont for, for some lunch if he wants, go to Barolo for lunch and head back. Uh, he's from one of the most beautiful places of Italy, from Liguria. Uh, we have Iv- Ivan Giuliani from Terenzuola Vineyard uh, in Liguria. Welcome to In the Drink. It's exciting to have you here. Really, thanks to you and to ask me to come with you. Uh, it, and uh, also in the studio, uh, I don't know if she's going to say anything, but uh, she's a little shy. Uh, Jen Lucia, who's uh, a friend for many years, she was part of the opening team over at Lartuzzi and now works with Skernik Wines. Um, Jen is the best, and, and we love working with Skernik. Uh, you have a ton of uh, great producers. So thank you for helping to organize this, Jen. Thanks for having me, too. 
Awesome. Uh, all right. Uh, so well, welcome to New York. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the area in which, which you come from. I feel like in the past just past year or two, there's been more interest in wines from Liguria here in, here in New York. Uh, they've always been available, but the, the, there's been more and more interest recently. Absolutely, yes. Because we have to know that uh, every year, three million of American people comes to visit Cinque Terre. And this is amazing. We have a very slope side with 1,000 years old terraces that was built from the monks. And so we live there trying to maintain the territory, maintain the sustainability of the territory. And so it's a place that was really important 2,000 years ago when the Roman Empire catch the Liguri Apuani, a very important tribe that conserved the territory. And then after this, try to begin the viticulture in Colli di Luni area, mm-hmm. in Cinque Terre. And so Plinio il Vecchio, Plinio the Old, started in 79 before Christ to wrote about uh, this territory as magic wines. And so I'm really happy to be here today about speaking uh, this uh, very important project. So after this... Uh, and you see these vineyards, and it's they're extraordinary. Uh, it's uh, some of the most sl- uh, steep vineyard sites that, that I've ever seen. And because of the geography, um, from my understanding, almost all the vineyard sites have, are just extremely close to the water. Yeah. In fact, the, the, the exciting is to work in a place that was built 1,000 years ago. Yes. This is really amazing the problem is that with the last water bomb with the fire with the very important age of uh, the classic people that uh, was born in Chiquetave area for example now they have 80 85 years old and the young people uh, really don't think to work uh, in a place in which you have uh, 20 minutes only for arrive by feet oh wow so once you get to the you know to the area, you need to walk up into the vineyards for twenty minutes. Just yes, so. maybe for have three terraces, and then you have to change the place and rewalk for another place. So for example, I have one hectare, and to make the spraying, I usually have all the day. All the day. Wow. So you have to think that, for example, in Australian, in all the New World, yeah. are people. Uh, is able to grow 40 hectares. In uh, my area, for example, in Alto Adige, in Tuscany, in Piemont, one man grow three hectares. In Cinque Terre, one man isn't able to grow Oh, six or oh, seven hectares. So that you're saying the average land holding is six hectares. Yes, and so is uh, yeah. one thousand two hundred hour for hectare of work. Wow. What's the largest landowner in Liguria? So uh, I personally work in uh, Rio Maggiore and yes. a little bit uh, Manarola. And, uh, so in the Cinque Terre area, yes, you really are. Yes. And then the nearest area is on the borderline between Liguria and Tuscany, mm-hmm. in which I have the other estate. Which is Colli di Luni down yes, there. Yes, Colli di Luni is uh, an interregional in the meaning of, uh, is one of the two reality in Italy in which uh, you have all the territory of Liguria in the 
area of La Spezia, in which there is only one common in Tuscany's coast, and this Fosinova in which I live, because we are the highest place, because we finish at 440 meters, and we finish on the top of the hill. Yes. But I guess my, my question, my point was, the all of the landowners are have only a small amount. There's no, like... Industriale wine. Right? There's no. nothing in Liguria that is absolutely. Is, is, I'm one of the biggest producer, and I have 22 hectares. Yeah, 22 hectares. Yes. Yes. And but it's really the reality for each uh, ancient people is usually 2,000 meters. Right. And is it possible at all to use machines in the vineyard? It sounds like everything. In Cinque yeah. no, not possible. Impossible. Incredible. Yeah. And how much of the winemaking in the area is made for the local three million tourists? And I'm sure that that's just American. So I'm sure you get tourists from yeah. all over Europe as well. Yes. Uh, it's so easy to visit. And how I, I imagine on some level it's so easy to sell wine to them, right? Absolutely. They, they're coming there. They're sitting on a, a balcony on a porch eating the frutti di mare and pesto and focaccia and drinking up all of your wine, right? Yes. In order to sell wine uh, to export market, how, how much... There has to be a different mindset if you want to make high-quality so wine for that. Usually, little producer decide to sell all the product directly uh, in that place. Then there is someone, we are probably in Liguria, 10 states that decide to sell in all the world for having uh, an idea of brand and so to follow the brand and to have with us every day our territory and involve also the economy of our authority because uh, if a lot of people come to visit us there is the possibility to remake some new vineyards uh, to increase uh, also the, the restaurant uh, and people that uh, drink the wine and was able to save the territory mm -hmm. because we have to remember that one time Cinque Terre have 1,500 hectares and now in 32 producer we grow 48 hectares nothing is that true? wow yeah what happened? <laughs> people prefer go to gym yeah. <laughs> for have gym and not to make gym uh, between the terraces uh, yeah. just in the middle of the nature because it's really is really strong I can I mean you uh, I've done there there's a, a walk between the five towns and yeah. uh, uh, and, and just just walking on this path that's made for walking is is long. My only only moving, uh, for yeah. example, and up I, and down in the <laughs> upstairs in, in Rio Maggiore, you arrive uh, in the evening. Uh, that you are really you're really tired. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. having grapes on your back yes. or wor working with tools and uh, the, the big it's important a hard life uh, there. Uh, think that was made in Cinque Terre probably is a. Uh, the monorail, mm -hmm. like uh, for example in Alsace and uh, Swiss, and so now you can see that uh, between the monorail there is a little bit of plots again grow. In the other part there is the wood, full of selvatic pigs uh, that crash the walls, and uh, all the mountain go down. So you're saying that there there's about. Uh, 1,400 hectares that could be very high-quality vines if someone were only to plant it in the Cinque Terre. 
Now we have uh, 48 actors uh, yeah. in which the medium age is about uh, 80 years old. 80 years old. Yes, okay. because uh, like in uh, I Colli di Candia, another DOC near Colli di Luni, all the vineyards were planted before, uh, between, we can say, the Philosera and the First War. And so in a place in which it's really difficult to arrive also by feet, mm-hmm. uh, there isn't the possibility to replant the vineyard uh, and to work the soil uh, only by hand and by foot. Now, I'd love to hear an opinion from you on, on this, because this is something that has been debated a lot with uh, friends of mine who, who probably don't know the right answer anyway. The two most important white wines of Cinque Terre are Fermentino and Pigato. And I've heard that there is uh, that they're the same grape, or that they're related, or that they're completely different. Do you have an opinion on? I know because you grow both Vermentino and Pigato. So, no, we, we can divide the Liguria in uh, two most important places. One is the east side in which people grow Vermentino and Pigato, mm-hmm. and the other one is the west coast that is divided between Genova. Uh, Portofino area, mm-hmm. Cinque Terre and Colli di Luni. And so you have uh, Vermentino e Pigato with the same DNA in the east side. Then there is a Bianchetta Genovese in uh, Genoa area. When you arrive in Cinque Terre you have uh, Vermentino, Bosco, Albarola. In Luni area is mainly Vermentino because the Vermentino arrive in the ancient gate of Luni 2,000 years ago okay. from uh, the Greece as Malvasia for the Roman Empire. And so, for example, Colli di Luni, in my case, is uh, mainly Vermentino with a little bit of uh, Albarola for the freshness. And you think that this Vermentino is the same DNA as Pigato? Absolutely. Absolutely the same. Yes. Pigato, and Vermentino, Furment. Mm-hmm. In Furment, also. Yes, the same. And then there is the Roll and Provence. And why are there different names in, in Liguria for that? I can understand in Provence or in Hungary that there would be a different name, but why in Liguria? Because probably is a... So usually in Italy we say that uh, the real Italy is uh, 1,000 little Italy, mm-hmm. in the meaning that every, every place... Uh, as uh, his own uh, kitchen, uh, uh, learning, uh, uh, different method of, of speaking, uh, a sort of dialect. And so, for example, uh, Vermentino and Pigato has the same DNA, but uh, in the language of the East Liguria, they name Pigato in the meaning of uh, uh, little brown pieces for the big mm-hmm. sun in the summer and the ripeness on the skin. And so pigato... Oh, like pigment. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. Interesting. But then you have so many producers who grow both Vermentino yes. and pigato. In that place, uh, yes. Because uh, then uh, we can study that after three times uh, that you grow and multiply a vine, uh, there could be a little modification mm-hmm. in the DNA. So it's choosing. It's so like if you have in, a dog, if you have a dog, you have a golden retriever, and you're always doing the red one though, as opposed to the lighter one, then it'll always exactly. be like the red one. Like but the, still like the, the history of uh, Pinot Noir, Pinot Gris, and Pinot Blanc. Mm-hmm. And so this little modification in hundreds and thousands of years uh, can arrive to modify 
a little bit the what appear. Yes. You're the first one. If I finally understand this, uh, <laughs> after after many years, do you grow any Bianchetta Genovese? No, no. They've only it's, seen. It's very similar to Albarola. Okay, but you grow Albarola in the Cinquecento yes, wine. Yes, it's uh, an interesting uh, variety, also for the freshness, because the global warming is increasing to is increasing the problem for grow because of the low acidity. Mm-hmm. Because Vermentino has this problem to have a big body, big nose, but low acidity. And the Sardinia is a classic example. I want to produce more intensive and fresh and drinkable Vermentini. And so the idea is to replant indigenous grapes near my indigenous variety that could increase a little bit uh, the freshness and the acidity. And I, I respect your... Uh um, idea to plant the indigenous or native grapes. Yeah. I think that this is definitely uh, what, what makes the wines more unique um, and, and specific to the area. How, how, how did you figure out which grapes to uh, to plant? Is that I mean, obviously that that's been in Chiquiteria for a while. So, for example, uh, the the blend that I actually I use in Chiquiteria is uh, mainly Bosco for mm-hmm. the Chaquetra for the dried version because Bosco is wonderful because of uh, it has a tannin in the skin, mm-hmm. like Ribolla, like Greco, Petit Arven. And so I can have a, a dried desert version of wine without wood. Because I, I usually use the skin contact until one month, mm-hmm. respect the wood. And so the classic desert wine with, uh, I don't know, barrels and 120 respect to 120 residual in sugar mm, mm-hmm. and so it's very difficult to make a desert wine because usually you have to it's difficult to dry uh, the skins just in front of the sea because uh, there's so much moisture yes, and so wet you have, you have to, to joke with the salt the mold, yeah. you have to joke with a different nose I'm so curious about this uh, Chaquetra because it's, uh, it's I, there is not much available here no. in the, in New York, uh, and any time it's very it's so rare, and anytime you see it, it's, it's so expensive. Yeah, and uh, I don't think I think I've maybe had Chaquetra once or twice in in my life, and to understand to really understand it, can you tell us more about the the tradition of Chaquetra? Why do, why do you make it? it? It seems like it's something hard to sell and hard to produce. So, for example, to say some numbers, uh, we say that uh, one people isn't able. Uh, to grow one hectare. In this hectare, you could have maximum 40, 50 quintali of grape. During the drying, you will have the 12, 15% of juice. And so at the end, a, a real bottle of Chaquetra has to cost a minimum $100. Wow. Because it, people, it, it's uh, almost no, like eight bottles of wine that are squeezed down into one. So you take out 80% of the water. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So And that's and, all. And usually I dry just in front of the sea, <laughs> close with uh, something for uh, the big pigs. And uh, it, it's wonderful because really 
you could taste the Libetio wind, uh, the sea, all that uh, is on the rock also. How do, and how do Ligurians drink chakatra? I mean, uh, do you do you just sip it by itself? I, I, I don't think there's a big cheese culture where you are, right? Uh, or with, with biscuit. Is it a special occasion wine? So in my case uh, is... Uh, also interesting uh, with cheese mm -hmm. because uh, the ancient Chakatra were the wines that uh, the fishermen produced for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so usually, like in Benue's area, have uh, 18 degrees of alcohol and 30-40 residual of sugar. Great. Really a bomb. Then seems uh, for the respect for the pregnant women, people decide to have a molder Chakatra passing at 12 of alcohol until uh, 250 of residual. Wow. But I decided that uh, with 220 residual uh, could be the same in the word uh, respect. Passito di Pantelleria, Malvasia di Lipari, Vino Santo with Noziola grape uh, in Trentino. And I'm sure the tannin makes it feel drier, like there's lower sugar. Exactly. And yeah. so my idea is to have a perfect triangulation between the alcohol, in my case it's 15, yeah. then the acidity, because during the drying the grape uh, could arrive at 10 of acidity, and then the third is uh, the tannin. And so a very, very drinkable uh, Chakatra, an uh, unusual. Uh, my, my curiosity for Chakatra has actually put us, put us over just a little bit. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more from Terenzuola Vineyard in Liguria just after this. What's up? This is Jack Inslee, the executive producer of Heritage Radio Network, also the host of Full Service Radio. And I want to talk to you about brandy. Uh, I was lucky enough to visit Louisville, and we all know Kentucky is whiskey territory. However, the best thing I had to drink was brandy. I got to visit Copper and King's Distillery, and they make pure copper pot distilled American brandy aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels, matured with rock and roll. That's right. Sonic aging. They're playing music to the barrels. The stuff is double distilled, non-chill filtered, unadulterated by bois, sugar, or caramel color. And this stuff is feisty, rambunctious, with a long, smooth finish. The stuff isn't made exactly in the style of an international brandy or a cognac. It's more along the lines of an American whiskey. I can really be honest here and tell you, I'm not just reading you an ad, I'm giving you a tip. American brandy, you're not seeing it everywhere. Copper and Kings is doing it incredibly well, and they're cool people. The distillery is full of incredible art. Like I said, they're playing rock and roll to the barrels. So again, Copper and Kings, pure copper, pot distilled, American brandy, aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. That's copperandkings.com. Drink it neat, put it in a cocktail, sub it for your brown spirits, experiment, have fun, get funky. This stuff is awesome. 
All right, that stuff is awesome. <laughs> Welcome back. We are on In the Drink here with uh, Terrence Wolo Wines. We have Ivan in the studio, Jen Lucia from Skernik Wines. Uh, yesterday was a big Skernik tasting, and feedback that I just heard actually was that uh, people were excited about the Vermentino Nero um, from Terenzuola. And uh, what is Ver- Vermentino Nero? That is, uh, I'm an enthusiast of indigenous Italian grapes. That's not one I've, I'm very familiar with at all. Yeah, we have to say that uh, it's 22 years that I try to, between breath, uh, I found myself in the meaning of uh, a really important research in the vineyard, mm-hmm. in the cellar, and uh, in a sort of... Uh, creation of uh, very special products. So, for example, in the vineyard, uh, we work uh, as one time, uh, so meaning before the tractors, with uh, 9,000 vine for hectares. So means uh, 1 meter and 70 on 70. For example, the great areas of uh, Alsace, yes, Burgundy, some in, in Swiss. And the idea is to work for each plant with one kilo of bunch. And so the classic idea of the chateau that is real, one vine, one kilo, one bottle. I approach it in biosystem without certification because uh, I'm looking uh, the future. And the future, in my idea, is uh, without residual in the meaning of uh, low copper, uh, the using of natural herbs in the cellar and in the vineyards, and all forever very, very important grape that at the arriving in the cellar are able to ferment themselves to save themselves. And so, without yeast, without uh, enzyme, without bacteria, all the fermentation are indigenous, mm-hmm. and so we are building all the new cellar with. Uh, very cool concrete vats in which uh, the fermentation is able to start without problem and this because uh, you have to keep and to fix uh, all what we have in the soil under under a cork and so i built in this year a four floor gravity winery and so every rec-off um, is without pumps, but only passing uh, between a floor and the other one. And so in this research, I decided to produce uh, two reds. One is uh, basically Vermentino, and the other one is basically Canaiolo Nero. Canaiolo Nero was uh, the one of uh, the more well-known Occhio di Pernice and Nobile di Montepulciano area, but were planted uh, from uh, Roman Empire between Liguria until uh, the Rome area. And the other one, one is the Vermentino Nero. Vermentino Nero seems uh, to be a sun between the black Vermentino because it's really similar to the white one. Mm-hmm. So, studying the DNA, Black Vermentino is with uh, San Michele Aladige, an idea between Gamay, Pinot Noir, and White Vermentino that mix themselves uh, 10,000, 5,000 years ago. I would love this. I love yes, it. It's strange. It sounds it, amazing. It's strange. 
and difficult to explain because uh, at the beginning, 10 years ago, for many people, Bermentino Nero seems uh, a joke. And my grandfather, as uh, so many ancient people, decided to cut off in 30, 40 years uh, because a very important berry mm -hmm. with a thin skin. So difficult of ripeness and difficult also to have a great nose because with the thin skin, it produces a lot of yeast, a lot of problem during the aging. And so the lees that remain in the vats with the ancient typology of work in the cellar were the problem for the side to cut him. Now I decided to replant with my bud from 105 years old vineyards in clay soil, total grass. And so this is interesting because uh, it is able to produce uh, a little berry with uh, most important uh, skin. Mm -hmm. The skin in the gravity flow winery finishes directly without pumps in uh, open top barrels like a Pinot Noir and then we ferment uh, in indigenous typology and finish uh, in uh, concrete. This was a vineyard that was already planted to... Uh, I replanted, a, yes, replant with my buds. With your buds? Yes. Where did you find the buds? There was a nursery that had this old... So we have a vineyard... it wasn't uh, widely planted in Liguria. No, there no. is a... In the Candia area, mm. between Mas and Carrara, near the white marble, uh, the famous white marble of Carrara, we have a lot of 100 years old vineyards that were planted uh, with that indigenous buds just uh, after the philosopher. And wow. so in that place, we, we pick the more interesting buds for remake our nursery mm -hmm. and we produce uh, and replant uh, only vineyards with uh, our ounce material. You, you said so many interesting things, and I'm so excited about um, your use of indigenous yeasts and concrete is, some, is a, a, I think, a very interesting topic to make wines that are have are very pure and yeah. fruity and not adulterated by oak. Um, and your this conversion to or, organics, but uh, the one topic that I, I would like to ask you more about that, that you mentioned was the use of low copper. Because this is something that I keep, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, and, and I speak with many winemakers who feel strongly about uh, about copper. Because copper is allowed, you're allowed to use it for organic and biodynamic viticulture, but also it's a heavy metal that can stay in the vineyard for many, many, many years. And so, how do you approach using using copper? You say you want to do low copper. So I think uh, this is a. Uh a question that uh, I really hope you don't ask me because <laughs> for my idea, we are really in the middle of uh, a big crisis of identity because now we usually speak about uh, bio, biodynamics, natural, uh, integrated, uh, free wine with a, a very important estate in Italy. But the problem is that uh, uh, the copper is uh, a toxic product. So we have to understand, uh, like uh, for the fuel, respect the hydrogen for move the car in the future, that the problem will be how many copper will remain in the soil. Right. So for example, in uh, the biosystem, you could uh, use five kilos of copper. 
but in the rainy vintages like 14 a lot of people for sure use seven eight kilos so we have to study uh, a sort of outer defense of the vines and so for example we are studying the propoli from the bees and it is really a copernican uh, revolution because the problem is that uh, the vine has to be conceived not as uh, an object in which you have to go to spray but uh, a subject to save and so the vines has to be a sort of uh, auto defense method like a homeopathy for the man yeah it seems like this is the next hurdle the next big question how to minimize the use of the heavy metals and still make great wines especially in challenging rainy vintages um anyway i i i love your wines and i i love that your 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 approach and how you're you're constantly trying to improve them i can't wait to taste the wines out of this gravity float cellar because uh they're they're already elegant delicate and beautiful wines but i can only imagine that it'll, that will increase the case um so i want to thank you so much thank uh, to you joe ivan for coming thank you so much jen lucia Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I also want to give a, a shout out to Ivan's uh, friend, Ricardo Gabriele, who is uh, traveling with him. He's in the studio uh, with us today. He has a um, he has a website called Corriere del Vino, um, which uh, is a, a website all about uh, Italian wine. And I would recommend you check it out at Corriere del Vino.it. Only in Italian, though, correct? Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Uh, it's all, only in Italian, so maybe you get the Google Translator on if uh, if you uh, if you don't read Italian. Uh, I want to thank all of you for listening. This has been, uh, and also Dan, our new engineer. Thank you so much for for uh, your awesome. It's great to work with you. Um, and thanks to all of you for listening. This has been in the drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. <clears throat> Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.